I am thrilled to announce that Enactor Despairs is partnering with a wonderful CBD company called Kind Farms. Everyone out there has heard of CBD. I started taking it a few years ago when I first started getting sober and to help with my anxiety. Sadly, as one can do, I was overtraining in the gym, and a friend recommended a topical and a tincture to help with the pain. I tried it. It was okay. However, recently, I was introduced to a product that has really changed my life. Not only has it helped me with anxiety, but I am stronger than I have ever been. I'm able to carry out lifts my body used to prevent me from doing. Kind Farm products have single-handedly changed my life athletically and personally. They utilize 100% local licensed farmers, organic cultivation, and CO2 extraction for superior CBD. Kind Farms is turning CBD to a kind alternative to pharmaceuticals. Let's transform tobacco row into hemp row. If you want to get involved, please reach out. Together, we can make a difference. You can use my code RYAN10 for 10% off. You can find them on Instagram at Kind Farms Inc., all one word. That's K I N D P H A R M S I N C. And their website is kindfarmsinc.com. Once again, my code for 10% off is Ryan10. And now, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Ladies and gentlemen, we have one of the greatest comedians in the world and someone who's changed my life. Comedian, actor, podcaster, Mark Norman. You've seen him on The Tonight Show, Conan, so many other things. He's crushing the game right now. And he put out his own special, Out to Lunch. It's so wonderful. And I'm such a big fan. And I'm so grateful to you, Mark. I love you, brother. Here it is. Mark Norman. Welcome hey. to an Actor Spares. How you doing, brother? Good. Good to be here. Thanks for having me, Fatty. Oh, That's man. A nice studio you got here. Yeah, thanks, man. It means the world. Shout out to Gotham Podcast Studios for taking care of an Actor Despairs. But uh-huh. fuck all that. We're here to talk about you, man. Mark, I say this with the utmost sincerity. I think you're in my top three greatest of all what? time wow that's silly i know no, no no i we mean that your man priors your carlins your rock your Chappelle. <laughs> yeah your, yeah i hear that Louis but like Burr. Chappelle would be in there yeah you know conan o'brien has been Ooh, a real big hero but like i like conan. as far as the wit and off the cuff you're right there man oh jeez. i think if it weren't for covid right now you'd be selling out theaters and fucking oh you're crazy no man come I, on and, and i love that you're doing the whole rooftop thing and trying getting work out there i'm coming to see you in a few days oh great but yeah. when this airs on monday that'll be last night he was great did a great job thank you yeah. thank you i bombed i got heckled i got tased no but uh the funny thing about all those roofs and parks and Parking lot, whatever it is, is uh, young kids will hit me up, like 22-year-old dudes at NYU or wherever the hell, and they're like, hey, I got a camera, I'm a fan, I love comedy, do you mind if I shoot you and we'll put it on YouTube? I say, come on out. That's awesome. I answer every DM, every email, that's why I'm here, (laughs) and uh, yeah, you know. I'm lazy, so I figure if I can outsource and people want to work with me, I go, bring it on, fucker. Well, dude, we just spoke about this off-air that, you know, you've spoken about New Orleans and your history there, so why don't we do something a little different and start with you getting to New York. You came here for New York Film Academy, right? I came here for New York Film Academy when I was in college. I took a year off of college. I went to three colleges. I kept failing out. 
And I, I uh, said, well, maybe film school is the answer. Yeah. My parents are like, all right, let's try that, you fucking loser. Jesus. <laughs> so I went to New York Film Academy uh, one summer. I guess I didn't take a year off. I did it for a whole summer. And I just being like 19 or 20, living in New York and uh, being young and the whole thing and the shooting movies and working with actors and writing scripts and going to school, it was it was unbelievable. You and you you enjoyed your experience. I, I did. I did in high school. Um, they had it on the Universal Backlot. Oh, wow. so I did it three summers in a row, and it was like three months of living in your own apartment, just fucking yes. drinking four locos and right. Yeah, or Sparks was the oh, thing back in the day. Nicholas Sparks, yeah. he's good. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it was great too because you know you live in New York and you're nineteen, twenty, whatever, and you got these. Other students from like Poland and Croatia and Australia and Japan and all this shit, South Africa. So you're meeting all these weirdos and different cultures and all that. So that was fun. And you're shooting movies. You're like in Union Square, you're like next to a hobo shooting heroin. And you're like, yeah. hold on, I got to get this shot, you know? <laughs> so it was so fun. But uh, then I moved back after the school ended. The school was a racket, let's be honest. So, man, I know in like 2006, you started doing comedy in New Orleans. When yeah. you came here, what made you decide to do NIFA? Like, was that just a way of kind of trying to find a different method of, of education yeah. that was more focused on what you wanted? I was rudderless. I was a dumb, drunk New Orleans kid with nothing going on. I couldn't keep a job. I couldn't stay in school. My parents hated me. My parents are successful. My brother's like a genius. And I was like the black cunt of the family. So I was like, God, I got to figure something out. So they're like, try this. Went to film school. Started doing open mics in New York at night because I was like, ah, this movie thing's not really working out. I hated actors. I hated working with yeah. them. It's the lighting I'm guy. I'm an actor. The, the oh, worst. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Yeah, it was just a yeah. lot of pretentious and like, I don't know. I'm not I'm not feeling it. What's my motivation? I was like, ah, oh, uh, you know. You. As a comic, <laughs> that's the exact opposite of how you, you want to talk and yeah. feel and whatever. So I started doing open mics at night and I was like, this is fun. Then the school ended. You run out of money. I had to move back to New Orleans, and I was wildly depressed. I didn't know why. I was like, man, I'm so bummed. It was because I was back in my parents' house yeah. in my childhood race car bed, living in my parents' home, and I had New York. I had the world by the balls. W was that the bed and breakfast home? No, we moved out of there. Oh, uh, thank God. Two guys broke in and stuck guns in my parents' face. So after, oh, that was enough. They, yeah, eventually yeah. they moved out. Yeah, so... Yeah, I, I just said, I'm going back to New York, but now I tried this comedy thing. Let me kind of try to see if I can get it going in New Orleans. So we would drive to three hours to Lafayette or Baton Rouge or Shreveport, wherever the hell I had a mic. Yeah. And that was back when you looked in the phone book. Like, oh, there's a comedy club in Shreveport, you know? Wow. And uh, so I just fell in love with that culture. Like, I'm drinking with my friends. You got road beers on the way to the show. You bomb yeah. at the show. You talk about how you bombed. And then you come back and you write new jokes and you figure it out. And then... Then you start meeting all these comedians. Ah, these guys are like-minded, just like you. They're weirdos. They're analytical. They're cunty and gay and weird and choochy <laughs> and Jews. So then then uh, I just said, well, I got to go back to New York, and I moved back finally. Nice. So you were making money from the open mics? No. Oh, no. I was like a waiter. Oh, I was a construction there, gopher. Dude. Yeah. Fuck. Furniture mover. You name it. So then when you came back, I know you have a sweet or did have a sweet apartment. Was that the first one you got? No, no. When I moved back to New York, my parents said, you can move to New York. That's the one good thing about having kind of, I don't want to say neglectful, but like, eh, do whatever you want kind yeah. of parents because they're like, you're going to go move to New York with no money? Go nuts. Get out of here. But you have to finish college. So I finished it online. Oh, Which nice. is a fucking joke, by yeah. the way. You know, you got your book open. You're answering the test, you know, with the book. It, it was so easy. It's, it's a racket. It's fucking nothing. So... 
Finished online, lived in an apartment in Crown Heights, way out in Brooklyn. Back when it was real, Crown Heights. Yes, it was Eastern Parkway was here. It was all Hasidic Jew on this side and all Caribbean black on this side, roti, beef tongue, all this shit. And I lived on the black side. And all these Jews would drive by at like four in the morning because I'd come home drunk. And they're like, what are you doing? You're on the wrong side. I would go, I'm not Jewish. And they would slide that van door closed and peel off. Oh, yeah. I live times. in Williamsburg. I know him well. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's That's good. why my neighborhood is surging right yeah. now. <laughs> You're right. It's yeah. lousy with yeah. Hasids over there. Yeah. So, yeah, I just moved back in. I got mugged a bunch. Uh, my landlord died of AIDS, uh, which was a whole thing. You know, like we didn't have any hot water. We didn't have any electricity every now and then. But you can't complain to a guy with AIDS. Yeah. Yeah. The guy's skin and bones. I'm like, I got no hot water. He's like, I got no T-cells. <laughs> Fuck you. So he died. Pedro, R.I.P. R.I.P. And uh, yeah, so brutal. Just getting into the city every day took like an hour and a half, two hours. I was the only white guy on the train every day. It was a good time. And uh, yeah, finally kept moving, kept shaking and worked my way up. So let's kind of, you know, for all the comedians or just aspiring comedians, talk to me about how you kind of navigated the terrain, you know, because like, God, I think when I was coming up in 2008, the open mic was at that place on Avenue A. It's like a restaurant bar. It was like uh, right there at eight, tenth and A or something. Tenth and A. Uh, oh, uh, or no, fourth and A. Fourth and A. Mm, fourth and A. Hold on. Not Niagara. No, but it's like right up the street from Niagara. Uh, Sidewalk Cafe. Yes. Bam. Sixth and A. Second try. Yes. Yeah. What? There was uh, there was that. There was Mo Pitkins was another spot that Jimmy Fallon would always be drunk at. That was fun. Wow. But uh, yeah, Sidewalk Cafe was a cool cool joint. I think that's gone. Who knows? It is gone. Yeah. Uh, man, yeah. everything's gone. I know. At one time I went. I used to live at Fourth and C. Back before they had artisanal mayonnaise oh, spots. Yeah. Not, and so, like, you know, it was crazy, but, like, sidewalk, randomly you'd see, like, Jude Law or someone. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. It's kind of bizarre like that. I saw Matt Dillon there once, and he kept rearranging the uh, the sugar packets and, like, the salt shakers. I think he's got OCD or something. Or took an Adderall. You know? Or he was coked <laughs> up, yeah. So, so then, who, did you have a mentor or someone? Were you, like, how did you kind of... Uh, infiltrate if you will the scene and have it figured out because like you said you know this was 2008 i mean this is like iphone one era maybe you know? we couldn't afford that also we were so poor we got bed bugs i mean like i couldn't even afford the exterminator to get rid of the bed bugs that's where we were at and it was like it was like a gang of us it was like 12 13 comics who kind of knew each other a little bit and you start you know there's some fights and whatever but then you become friends and it's like a boot camp and comedy was so much harsher then and i know i sound like old man douche here but like it was vicious. Like the comics would be like, "You're a hack. You got to change that. That's no good." Chris Rock has that bit. Get that out of here. I got heckled wow. by my own friends a few times. What the fuck? Now it's like, "Hey, we got to be inclusive. Everybody's in on uh, this. We love you all. You're all funny." You know. Yeah. Back then, it was like, "He's the funniest. He sucks. That guy's a hack." You know. So uh, it was a lot harsher, and it was pre. Pre, like, inner phone really was not a, a thing. Like, so you had to, like, word of mouth, talk to people. Where's this place? You're out in you're out in Queens. Like, yeah. where's that uh, Caribbean restaurant we're looking for? And the guy's like, you got to take that. You know, it's all that shit. And I got lost on the train a million times. You know, 
You you know there's a Broadway in Queens, so you're yeah, like, oh, I'm yeah. going to Broadway, and then, <laughs> oh, the, the F goes there, and then before you know it, you're in Forest Hills. But, uh, yeah, tough times, and just learning about every single open mic, trying to get creative, like, oh, this is a music open mic. I'll yeah. go there because there's no asshole comics who are going to judge me. I can kill with these musicians because they're not jaded. Yeah. So you go there, and then you try this place. Oh, this is a fucking mic in the back of a hair salon that then you can do your laundry at or whatever. Yeah, there's yeah. all these weird topsy-turvy venues and spots. So I just did that for you know 10 years until I caught something. I'm curious how many of those comedians that were fucking dicks are still doing it. Most of them now write on shows because oh. it's, they got they got married. There's a, they got a kid. They, they got stable, money. Yeah. They need healthcare. They need tax break or car. They live in L.A. and uh, there's like four of us who are just still doing straight stand up, grinding out on the road, writing new shit. As a guy who mainly goes in for like drama roles, comedy is the hardest thing in the world. So talk to me about like how did you find your voice? Was it just like oof. was it just a lot of fucking falling on your face and yeah, yeah, tons of bombing. I mean, I would wake up like, oh, I got that that mic tonight at the Village Lantern. Oh, and they're so mean there, they're so cruel. But you knew you had to do it. Like yeah. you wake up in fear, and. uh yeah, I mean, a lot of bombing, a lot of getting made fun of. I remember one time I was such a Seinfeld fan yeah. that I kind of mimicked him in a way. You know, most comics pick a guy, and they, there's a lot of David Which Tells. must and, be surreal now opening for him and fucking... Uh, I love the sketch about that, that guy that fucked you at the restaurant. Oh, yeah, yeah, true Dude, story. Dude, I think you got to pu- upload more of those, and that's going to be your show. That oh, fucking really? Netflix is going to be like, yeah, Mark Norman needs a show. Oh, hey, well, yeah. I've tried to pitch. Mark Norman needs a show. They haven't yeah. seemed interested thus far, but hey, I knows? still think that Nina's thing. Like, if you did maybe an alternate reality where she's still a figure in your life, I you, think that's the move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Oh, dude, Big Tuesday. Uh, I've looked up to you for so long. Uh, man. I, I think I discovered you in like 2015 or something. Wow, like, you're the one. You were the. <laughs> I think the Bill's voice put you as the comedian That's on right. the watch. That's right. And then I was just following your career, man. And then every time I'd see you on one of the late night, you know. Oh, yeah. I like Conan more because you can get a bit raunchy yes. on there. Yes. And dude, like that one, I think it was the first time you did the Trigger joke. Oh, yeah. I sent it to like 300 people uh, on my phone. That one actually went viral. That was like my eighth one. Yeah. And like none of them really caught on and that one hit. It was weird. And that New Day Cleveland thing. Oh, that Some hit of your too. finest work. Thank you. Thank you. Again, you never know. That was at 8 a.m. I'm hungover. I hated it. I didn't want to be there. And uh, yeah, just clicked. I didn't know they were going to put that on YouTube. Yeah. So then, like, talk to me about the, I guess, progression of going from open mics to then at some point getting maybe paid. Yeah. What, what is that? You know, like 20 bucks. Like, is that, is it open mics is something. I don't know how it works for comedians. Is it, is it years that you have to do it before you can start getting some money? Or? Yeah, pretty much. Well, open mics will never pay you. That, yeah. That's why they're open mics. Well, they kind of work promoter style, right? You have to bring 50 friends. And no, that's to- a bringer. That's ah. a bringer show, which I never did because I didn't know anybody. Yeah. I, I came here, you know, without um, from New Orleans. So, yeah, bringers are pretty shysty. The clubs that do that, it's it's kind of a, a, a hook. Like, it's a, it's a grift. 
You know, you I got, think hey, the store does that in like one every, of their rooms. I think all clubs do it because yeah. they just need people to come in and buy drinks and yeah. buy chicken fingers. But uh, yeah, I never did because I didn't know enough people, and I I feel horrible asking people to do anything for me. I can't do it. Even yeah. even now, I'm like, hey, can you do this? Can you shoot a video with your phone right here? I'm like, I can't do it. But um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, the, the open mic scene—it's brutal, it's vicious. Because the thing about comedy is, a comics are narcissists and they're only worried about their shit. That's why we got into comedy. It's just me, 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 you totally. know? And then you got to go sit and wait your turn, but you don't care about the guy on stage. You're just worried about you, but it doesn't work. It doesn't, it can't work that way because now when you're on, we're not going to laugh at you, motherfucker, because yeah. you didn't laugh at me. So fuck you and fuck me. And some bitter motherfuckers. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, you go to a comedy club and it's a fucking full house of people paying to see some jokes and ready to laugh and excited and drunk. And, and that's an open mic is the opposite of that. It's just you're performing for other comedians. So it, it rarely works. It's brutal. You almost just have to do it just so you learn how to stand up there without trembling. Yeah. That's really – and get the words out clean. It's almost like sparring. Like so you just got to do it just because you're not going to actually fight like that. But you yeah. just got to do it to learn how to take a hit, duck, dodge, bob, weave, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, it was hell. But then – you start doing more and more and more, and the comics will now be like, okay, he's good, she's good, she's bad, he's bad. And you kind of – the comics talk, so they they start running show shows, yeah. like booked audience shows. Then you go do those. Now you get 20 bucks and a drink. Hey, pretty good. Fuck yeah. That's a step up. Then you audition at a club. You get like pat- the cellar or something. Like the cellar, yeah. Caroline's, Gotham, whatever it is. Then you get passed at a club or not passed – and then once you get that, now you're getting paid work on the reg. And then they say, put your, put your avails in for the month. I'm like, I'm available every 30, every day, like all 30 of them. I'm in, you know? So then you're, now you get into a club. Then you try to get into another club. Now you got two clubs under your belt. So you're yeah. getting some good stage time in front of real people, then three clubs and four clubs and five clubs. Then you hope a headliner takes you on the road. I opened for Amy Schumer for like six years. Before she took off, right? Yeah, yeah. I saw the whole thing. She just shot like a rocket out of hell and yeah. just went. I saw the comedy clubs. I saw the theaters and then eventually the garden. Same thing happened to my friend Rachel Brosnahan. Just like, oh, I've heard of her. Yeah, yeah. Meisel. Oh. Mrs. Meisel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what? You know her? Yeah, she's one of my closest friends. Ah, yeah. She's and a, here uh, I am fucking hosting a podcast. Well, hey, <laughs> but hey. I'm happy to have. <laughs> I know. The show business, it's yeah. a, it's a Fickle bitch. Yeah. But uh, hey, c- congrats. She's a she's a quite a hot hot dame. Yeah, she is. She's always been. But uh yeah, man. Well fucking tell me when did you and Joe connect? How Well, we were both uh jumping around the scene. He was more established than I was. He was opening for Dane Cook back in the eighties no and all this way. shit. Not really, but he was open for Dane Cook and he was a big big guy in back Boston. Back in that fucking Dane Cook arena days. Oh yeah, oh wow. yeah. And he knew Dane and all that, like DePaulo and Gary Goldman and all these people, because that Boston crew is so funny and they're tight. And so I just knew of him, but he was ahead of me. And uh, we kind of started making friends and we realized we had the same manager and we were both booze bags. So we just started getting hammered all the time and hanging out. We both loved Seinfeld. We both loved Chris Rock. We both talked about this, talked about that. And uh, one day we... I had a gig in Boston. He had a gig in Cambridge or one or the other. And uh, he said, I'll drive you. And we just hit it off on this five-hour car ride, exchanged numbers, started doing the road a little bit. And then we would hang out at the cellar or wherever till like, 4 in the morning. You know, comics love to just go to a diner and chit-chat. Yeah, totally. And uh, he was like, we should do a podcast where we just shit 
shit talk with all these other comics. Fucking best. Dude, I say this with sincerity, man, because like, I'm sure you've... I mean, I know you got a girlfriend, but... I don't. I've been dating mm-hmm. some real aliens. Well, you're a handsome guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So are you. And uh, yeah, let's fuck. And, All right. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man. Like, it's been such a dark time for me. And you, you and Joe's show has saved me. Wow. And man, geez. like, when you put out out to lunch, I was like. I'm never one of those guys that like does the time thing, but I I stayed on there and I donated a hundred dollars. <laughs> oh, what? And then like my heart, dude. I just saw because like you, to give context to people listening, a lot of people wouldn't like fund that. Like it's some no of the, nobody. Yeah, so you funded it yourself. Yeah, had to. And I do the same thing with this show. Oh, good for you. Yeah, yeah. But I'm like you know fifty well, grand I, in debt. <laughs> I feel horrible about this now. No, 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 no. Let man. me donate it. No, it's all you. It's all uh, you. What about you guys? Yeah. They want to slurp a tequila. Yeah, but uh, dude, that was like. I can't, I've watched that 5,000 times. I listened to every Tuesday. Oh, it, yeah. Geez. Well, then and, I'm and glad. Dude, seeing you make your money back on that was just like, it gave me hope. Man. Hey, thanks, man. Well, yeah. I don't think a lot of these networks realize that they're creating their own competition. Yeah. Because they won't have us. There's a lot of killers out there, and they won't, they won't put us on because of whatever optics. I don't know. But they're building this world on YouTube of comedy that's like, insane like superior wise yeah and i'm not gonna you know i try to keep it positive but i think some of the shittiest comedians get specials i know it's comical i'm like and they they, like you're the best joke writer and your delivery is amazing and i'm not trying to suck your dick but maybe i am and uh but it's just like i don't know man this this comedy thing it's hard for me to make sense of it as an outsider you know we're being hit right now so hard with this like you know this racial tension and uh i would have identity politics and and it's like we're in like the epicenter of it much like the white house is the epicenter of covid yeah this is like we're just hitting we're right in the eye of the storm so it's like you see people getting a special you're like whoa nobody would even talk to that person uh you know five years ago because they were so bad yeah and now they have an hour on netflix and this guy can't get one that guy he's a beast yeah so it's all very confusing but it's just like everybody's just covering their ass you know and everybody's it's the same with covid everybody's like oh oh you got to do this restriction that restriction you're like really we kind of proved that it was wrong fauci said it doesn't matter he's like ah, i'm not getting sued yeah so it's the same thing with netflix like, i'm not i'm not getting sued i'm not getting canceled i'm not getting yelled at so everybody's just towing the line and getting in line and you know following the rules but uh it can't last but the people know you get it you go to the right source you go this this person is funny i'll just watch that i, yeah. I don't care if it's on this channel yeah you just find what's funny yeah well, you're the best, man, and oh, I, I, you're the future of comedy. I really believe that, man. Like, top three. Oh. Joe's in my top ten. Oh, know? man. I'm honored. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't take a compliment, but uh, yeah. I appreciate it. No, man. Now it's awesome. The table. So, so tell me, when when you started to get, you know, from open mics to those bookings and auditioning for those clubs, what was that segue? Did that, did that get you an agent and a manager? Uh, no, I actually did a comedy contest, which are notoriously horrible. Did just for laughs kind of thing? Or? No, that's a festival. This yeah. was like a f- contest at a club in Philadelphia. Wow. So I would take the bus out, you know, the, the what is that? The Chinese bus? What is that yeah, thing? Yeah, the yeah. Hung flu? What yeah. is it? The, what is that one <laughs> the called? One in Chinatown. Yeah. yeah the it's, one where they're doing meth drops. Meth. They got a yeah. cage of chickens in the back. And, uh, it's, you know, it was wild. And what is that thing? Feng Wah. Ah, yeah. Yeah. 
and it's you know four four dollars to go to Philly or whatever. So I would take that, enter the contest, do my set, and then take it back home. Get home at three in the morning, and then go to work at nine every day. So it was hell, but I I did pretty well in the contest. And the owner of the club was like, "You didn't advance, but we liked your stuff." Do you want a feature for this guy, Tommy Jonigan? And I was like, sure. I didn't know what a feature meant. I yeah. didn't know how much time I had to do. I just said yes. And so he's like, come back on this date. You're booked. I look up Tommy Jonigan. He's got a letterman, the whole thing. This guy's killer. Great comic. And we we chatted. I knew nothing. I was lying the whole time. I didn't know what the hell was going on. And I was going short every night. I was supposed to do 20. I would do like 12 minutes and then be like, uh, uh, where are you from, Dickless? Uh, what's up with that guy? You know, just, just trying to beat the clock. And he's like, hey, you're good. You have a manager? I'm like, no. And he's like, oh, I'll give you mine. So I got his manager, also Joe List's manager. And then that's how I got a manager. And then my manager flew the coop, moved to England. So then I got a different manager, and then so on and so on. So the whole thing has just been a just a catch-as-catch-can yeah. kind of thing. And so when you were starting out and doing the open mics, was it true you were doing like janitor work at a building? Oh, yeah. I worked as a janitor for two years to the day, and it was a good gig. Uh, you, it was. It paid horribly, but I worked Monday, Wednesday, Friday, so now I got the day off to like write Even though you got work. that online bachelor's? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did uh, temping for a while, too, but I hate temping. Yeah. I'd rather I'd rather clean shit than yeah. temp, because because when you temp, it's your first day every day. Yeah. It's brutal, and nobody knows you, and you're like learning the ropes, and everybody hates you because you're a temp, and you, I reeked of booze. and But the janitor thing, they're like... Mop the floor, take out the garbage, clean this, put that together. But I was all—I was known as a porter, oh. so I had to do all this jack of all anal shit. Where I'd be like, they'd be like, "Oh, can you hang up a whiteboard and put that desk together and uh, change the fuse box?" And I was like, "You got it." <laughs> and I'd be like, "Googling, how do you change a fuse box?" Yeah. And you know, I had my headphones in. I was left to my own devices. So I was just listening to comedy podcasts, listening to my set from last night. Write shit. Every lunch, I would go right in the boiler room, which was so it was like out of a movie. I mean, there's a giant vat, you know, big boiler. It's from 1901. You know, I'm in there. It's dark. There's a swinging light bulb and a fucking cobweb, and yeah. I'm going, oh, Uber, huh? That's weird, you know. And I'm writing and talking, and then every now and then, somebody would come in and be like, oh, sorry, wrong room. And I was like, <laughs> you know, holding a pen like a microphone. Oh, it was so embarrassing, but. Yeah, good gig, and then uh, I started going on the road with Schumer, and she pays well. She's very generous, and uh, I watched her escalate, and as she escalated, she paid more, and we got to see more cities. We went international, and uh, yeah. Did she help you out with, like, a you know, getting better rep, or? I think so, yeah. yeah. Just saying, hey, I opened for this giant headliner. It, it sounds pretty legit, and then eventually started headlining on in my own right and then pre train wreck or post train pre wreck? Wow. i saw i saw pre tv show pre everything damn yeah it was wild i mean she was doing half filled clubs called the funny farm and then we'd ride go karts after it cuz it was like in a chuck e cheese and then we'd go from there to uh, sold out club, adding shows, packing it out. And she was like, I don't want to work on Sunday, but I have to do a Sunday show. Can he headline? And I'll just go home. And they were like, all right. So I was now headlining on a Sunday, which was like, ah, 45 minutes, you know, but you learn how to do that. Yeah. And then, then eventually she's doing theaters. I'm over for a theater and then it's arenas and hockey stadiums and shit like that. And then the garden and then Carnegie Hall. So wow. the whole thing was pretty wild. And the whole time I was a boozy, you know, poor, 
retard. I didn't know what was going on. I had no class. I had no knowledge of anything, and I was just faking it till I made it the whole way through. Yeah, yeah, same, man. I, I was so bad, I had to get sober four years ago. Oh, there you I go. I still do, like, mushrooms, but, oh, yeah. love yeah. a shroom. Yeah, that's, that's the medicine. Best. Yeah, for real. But then, you know, man, I don't want you to give away your secrets, but... I, I got lo- no secrets. I, I'm an open coffin. I, I I love your joke writing. For you, it seems like a lot of your jokes come from your your life. Yeah. It, or you know, I don't know. I guess they could just be jokes. But they, they, they do a little bit, but it's also I got a nutty brain that just will just glom onto something. Like I'll just go headphone. I'll be in the shower like headphones. Aren't all phones headphones? You know, you put your phone up here, that's a headphone. Then you got a ear, that's a head, you know, phone. Like, they're all phones. Yeah. All headphones are phones. So, you know, I just, I'll just do that and like escape and go off into some magic wacky land. And before I know it, like we're out of hot water and I'm like, oh shit, I'm a prune. I got to get out of here. I got to go, got to go do a podcast. So my brain will just go and go. I don't know why. Maybe because I had a weird childhood where uh, we didn't have any fucking running water. And I was terrified to leave the house, so maybe I just learned how to live in my brain, but I'll just analyze a topic. Yeah. It's and it amazing. Works for comedy. No, like I, I saw your the, the thing you posted the other day about the empty stadiums and putting the statue. Oh yeah, and I was yeah. Like, That's such a fucking great joke, oh, man. Thanks, thanks. It yeah. didn't it didn't do that well online, but I what? appreciate it. Oh, dude, I'm gonna give it like five comments after oh, this. Oh, hey, come yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. But dude, so tell me. You know, when when you started getting the Comedy Store and Caroline's and Gotham, did that give you a sense of safety? Like, did no, you feel- no, because you get twenty five bucks, maybe seventy five on a weekend. So it was nice, but I still kept my job for a while. Okay, and then headlining work gets you like twelve hundred for a weekend. So that was like, whoa, hey, I'm making like a thousand bucks, but you still gotta get a rental car, get a plane ticket, get a place to stay, eat. Yeah, it's so, expensive. Yeah, yeah, you're still counting pennies. You're still you know, check to check, but eventually you just start figuring out in other ways. You get a podcast that kind of has some income, maybe. Yeah, and, uh, some bigger, some road work, some one nighters, and you just make it work, just patching shit together. And then you get on like a you know Opie and Jim or Jim and Sam yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. the hell you do one of those, and you know maybe somebody hears it and they check you out, they check out your pocket. Then eventually like maybe a Rogan or maybe a yeah you, you know, did it Kreischer. like four times in one year, didn't twice, you? Twice, twice, twice in like four months. It just went well. We we clicked. He's a he's a sweet guy. He loves comedy and he loves anybody who's like trying to do co- good comedy themselves. Yeah. He's all about, like, fuck the man, even though he just sold a Spotify deal. But <laughs> he's all about, like, fuck, but he, you know, yeah. he's taking their money. He's like, hey, yeah. I'll give you a product. I'll yeah. take a million, a hundred million, whatever. But, uh, yeah, I think he just, I think he respects that. And thank God, because The Tonight Show, I've done that three times. That doesn't, that doesn't make a fucking dent. Done nine Conans. Nobody cares. I've done Corden, Colbert. I thought that was John like John Oliver. John Oliver, yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, I'll make. I did a half hour on Comedy Central. I did an hour on Comedy Central. Then I, I did an album with two albums with them. And I'm like, here we go. And then nothing. So the whole thing has shifted and it's bittersweet. It's bittersweet because it sucks because you're like, I got on Fallon. Yeah. Oh, nobody cares. Oh, I slaved over that five minutes. Nobody gives a shit. And then you're like, but I can make my own shit. I have YouTube. I yeah. have Instagram. I have a phone. I have a camera. So. It's it's weird in that way. So you gotta you gotta say. I used to rely on Netflix and Comedy Central and just wait for them to call. But then you're like, I'm getting older. I'm, I'm pushing forty here. Yeah, uh, I can barely get it up. I'm getting older. Let's get it going. So fuck it. Let's go YouTube and look look at a guy like Schultz or Tim Dillon or all these guys who are just like 
making their own way. And then eventually, Ari <laughs> had a show called This Is Not Happening. Yeah, I love that show. And your Great story show. on that was oh, amazing. Thanks. I, yeah. I love Ari, man. I get it. I him. like Ari, yeah, too. Yeah, he's yeah. a nut, and he's hideous in the face, but I love the guy. <laughs> and uh, he just said, hey, I have this show. And Comedy Central said, no, nah, we don't want to work with you. Who are you? And then he put the show online. It got huge numbers, and then they bought it. Oh, so they no don't way. fucking know what's going on. You got to show them what's what. You and- told the the fucking car story on the bridge, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, that was that was a New Orleans story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, childhood was high school was a wild time. Um, so I know we talked about how we wouldn't do too much, but I guess it's imperative if we could do a brief summary of your childhood. You sure. had a pretty pretty wacky one. Yeah, yeah. Your your parents bought basically a, de- a decrepit property. Yep. And or you tell it. I don't want to be well, the asshole. Can you pull up Google here? Uh, no, I'm saying because we could see a photo. If you could see my old oh, shit, really? shit box house. Bro, can you throw Google up? I don't know if you can throw it on the TV. Yeah. But, oh, he's he's giving you the, the weird eyes. Uh, okay. He's got a mask on. It's hard to read. But uh, yeah, yeah. When I was six, five, six, they bought this mansion. My dad got a wild hair up his ass, and it was falling apart. Literally, like, the, the plaster was hanging, and the windows were cracked, and, you know, there was, like, duvetine over the windows yeah. and shit. It was flapping in the wind. Uh, we had termites. It was a horrible neighborhood, and we moved in. Everybody thought we were loaded, because we were the white family. Yeah. In, in the mansion. In a, in, in a real black neighborhood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very black, like, New Orleans black, and this is, like, the 90s, when, you know, shit was dicey yeah and uh there wasn't like blm or uh equality it was just like who are you you look different than me it was like the prison yard you know so uh you know i got fucked with all the time and then we got a nanny because my parents were had to work so much to keep the place afloat and like keep fixing it and contractors and all this so we got a nanny and it was a big black guy with a wig on and high heels, he was a burlesque dancer. Wow! So he so was. What, is it? I don't know. Uh, trans. I, I think it's transvestite. Transvestite. Is that still? I whatever. don't know what's, what's yeah. allowed anymore. Yeah. I don't know. You can't. Intersex. It's all kooky. Homosex. You can't you know. say colored people. You can say people of color. The, the rules are silly. Yeah. All There's no such thing as gender, but the future is female. <laughs> I can't keep up. What are we doing here? Just, just tell me what to do, and I'll do it. Yeah. I'm sorry. So uh, then. So we had Enos, that was his name, big black guy wig, and he like taught me everything because he was like my dad now. Yeah, ironically, he's a and black he, was guy. Was he like wig. one of the buff, big uh, black guy, big dude, yeah. and uh, just high heels? And he taught me how to like drive and uh, you know shave and fight and take a girl out. He's like put the seat up and all this shit. And I was like, all right. So he was like my guy. He was like uh, my mentor, I guess. I don't yeah. know. I was seven, but uh, then we had to make the back half of the house. This is how big the house is. There was so much house, we could lose the back of it and make that a bed and breakfast. And that was, like, weird. My mom's whipping up French toast in the kitchen. I'm eating, you know, horse shit, Cheerios, or grits. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, it's Chinese businessmen and, and musicians at breakfast every morning and just weird. And it was pre-Airbnb, and we lived right by the French Quarter. So we had, like, a hot location. No Even shit. though it was a dicey area. But, uh, yeah, and it was just, that was life. And it wasn't that weird. I was a kid, so you just go with it. My Have you friend, gone past it? What is it now? It's beautiful now. These two gay guys bought it, and now it's like immaculate they were like wow. had the money and the time and really they don't have any kids so they could really sit in it and work on it so did you survive katrina yeah yeah I, we uh by the time katrina had hit that was 2005 and i was in college and my parents moved to this <laughs> other neighborhood a little better neighborhood 
And the the house was it's an old neighborhood that was built higher, so it wasn't flooded. So it wasn't flooded. We, there was some roof shit, and you know the fridge was fucked because you lost power for two weeks, so your fridge is just ruined. Yeah, because all the food goes bad. But uh, yeah, yeah, we were, we were all right. But I had some friends. I remember I went to their house and like the living room couch would be in the upstairs bedroom just because the swishing and water and waves and all that and lost everything like just Whoa. a pile of rubble and wet moldy. You know, photo albums. It was it was brutal. Did you have a lot of friends that lost everything? I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And what, well, there's a, a neighborhood in New New Orleans called Lakeview, and it's right by the lake. And all those people just got hit hard because the water just came from the lake all over the neighborhood, and brutal. And it was yeah. like a nice neighborhood too. So they got fucked. Fuck. Yeah, it was a tough time. Yeah. You know, but uh, now New Orleans is weird because after that, it was like this weird enema hit New Orleans and like flushed out all this shit. And all these uh, poor people had to move out because the projects got ruined, so they had to go to Texas. So, like, crime got better. All kinds of weird shit happened. Then uh, this university opened in New Orleans, and all these young people came and, like, started fixing up the old bad. Like, I go to places in my my uh, my old city, New Orleans, where it was, like, you couldn't walk through there. And now I see, like, cupcake shops and, you know, Froyo and all that's, like, these hipsters, man. They got, they got balls. Yeah. Yeah, do you feel like in some ways – it traumatized you in a good way or in a bad way? You know, living through all of that experiences, like moving to a city like New York, especially like now, I, I don't know, it's probably in a bad place now because of fucking COVID, but in yeah. 2007, 2008, it was like kind of the last yeah. real New York. It was here. scary. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, I got mugged a few times just in one year. I was also a fucking blackout. So I was also, like a- what happened to your hog? Did you get it? I'm too scared to go to the DMV or the impound because I'm scared it's not going to be in there. So it's this weird thing where I can't face the fact if it was stolen, I won't be able to live with myself (laughs) because I've had so many things stolen from me that it just it it crushes me. Yeah, and it's the worst feeling in the the world. Worst feeling, just somebody. I got robbed by my friends, man. Yeah, I let this kid live with me. Broke into my dad's car, stole six hundred dollars. Yeah, motherfuckers are awful, dude. Wow, that's horrible. My dad used to drive him to baseball practice, like because he got kicked out of his own. Parents home. Oh, for a, this guy's guy. He's going nowhere. Yeah. This kid. Oh, he friend requested me like a year ago, and I was like, delete. <laughs> yeah. How about this? I'll, I'll accept for six hundred. <laughs> Jesus, what a douche. Yeah, huge douche. So then, now, man, you know what? And then the, the success you've had, and at any point, I imagine maybe some teams, WME, fucking try to get you to go to LA. What? Oh, what yeah. kept you in New York? Uh, I just love it here. I know that everybody's like, the New York is dead. It's over. But I, I just like the guy who wrote that article is a fucking loser. <laughs> I also, love how Seinfeld fired back. That was great. Yeah. 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 Good one, Jerry. Yeah. He had a good point. He had two great points where he said, what about London? What about Moscow? What about uh, Amsterdam? Are they yeah. fucked? Why is it just New York? And then he said, people... Because uh, the other guy kept saying the offices, it's all offices. So why would anyone work here? We can zoom from home. But you still got to be together. Look, we're together, and yeah. it helps. It's yeah. a better podcast when you're together. Totally. Listen to that, Joe List. And uh, <laughs> it's a better podcast yeah, when you're together. <laughs> but look at Silicon Valley. They got all the technology in the world. They can zoom. They can call. They can do whatever the hell they want. Internet, internet, FaceTime, webcam. But they still work in the same place. Yeah. They still work in all work in Silicon Valley. All those tech companies. So what does that tell you? It tells you people got to be around people. It's all about the energy. It's all about the vibe. And you can't get a vibe on Zoom. No. Zoom is a uh, phone sex. Yeah. We're trying to get laid here. I know. Please. Yes. DM us. <laughs> yes. This guy's... The horny, it's coming out of his eyes. Yeah, help him out. But, but yeah. uh, so tell me, man. You know, then 
being here and being a New Yorker true and through, you know, were you getting to the point when, when things started doing well that you were doing like four of those clubs, like Caroline's, oh, then yeah. down to the cellar, oh, yeah. then back up to Gotham? Definitely. After about nine, ten, nine, eight, nine years, it was really cooking. I was doing five, four or five sets a night, all clubs. If I, if I wanted to, I would jo- uh, jump on a bar show, had a bunch of credits, you know, late nights and half hours and hours and whatever it was. And uh, I just want to be good at this. There's a lot of guys who and gals who I've met who are like, "You got to get me on Colbert. Give me that. Give me that fucking email. Who's the booker?" And I'm like, "But you suck. Yeah. Why would you want to go on and suck? Because they just think I need the credit. I need yeah. the credential. And then from there, I can put that on a poster. Then people come see me. I'm like, "Yeah, but I get it. It's good short term. But then people come see you. They go, this guy sucks. And then you're done." Yeah. So why would you want to do that? But they just want that credential. But the credential doesn't mean anything if you're not good. Well, I think it all goes down to the fucking social media instant gratification. Everyone thinks they deserve everything. Well, that too. That yeah. too. Yeah. You got to earn it. Yeah, you yeah, totally. Like, I, I'm going to bully my way into getting a, a, a Colbert credit or a Comedy Central or whatever. So even in the, you know, it sounds like you think it was not a horrible job, which is awesome because I was pretty much a janitor. I bar back for years. Oh, that's a tough gig. And just gig. throwing, you know, throw up and yeah. piss and... And racks, shit racks and glasses, yeah, the, the the mats, yeah, straight out the mats. Yeah, yeah, yeah I've done all I'll that. Just get fucking wasted to yeah, survive yeah. it. Yeah, that's so, it. What buoyed you, you know, during those early days to keep going? Because I feel like now so many people, especially during the fucking pandemic, you know, comedy is Zoom or you know, think it's it's harder for young comics to to find their way sure. i guess it was, yeah. it was really hard i mean just many nights of like walking home and being like is this stupid what am i doing this yeah. is crazy now you got kind of a buzz going because you get drink tickets at all these places so i would just drink as much as i could at every show i did that night then by the end of the night i was drunk and that was like my treat oh wow but uh i mean yeah just a lot of nights of like is this stupid like i, I know friends with health care and children and homes and cars and i'm like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And then I got this big back pocket full of notes of jokes. Like, I'm trying to make it on. What the fuck am I doing? This is so stupid. But I had zero going on. I had no prospects. I had no plan B. So I just kept going. And yeah. I kind of, I dig the lifestyle. It's a very adventure uh, variety of life. You know, you never know what's going to happen. Like last night I did a show in Long Island, three hours out. I'm wearing a suit. I'm walking to this gig in the forest. Is this like a corporate gig? It was a wedding. Oh, wow. A guy was a fan. He's like, I want to surprise my wedding party with a, with a set. And I'm like, this is going to go bad, but uh, he's paying well. All right. It was in Stony Brook, Long Island. Took three trains to get there. I'm in a suit. I decide to walk from the train station. It's a 15-minute walk. It's through the forest because it's in like a cabin-y kind of resort in the oh, middle of the okay. forest. I come face-to-face with a deer. He's got huge antlers. We're looking at each other. I'm going... Hey, all right. I'm trying to scare it. It won't move. Just staring at me. I'm doing like, ah. It's just me and a deer on a path. They're staring at each other. And I got my GPS out. I'm waving. Finally, the deer runs away. It was terrifying. And I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? Yeah. I, I'm trying to tell jokes. And I'm, I'm, I'm in the forest with a deer. And yeah. I'm wearing a suit. And I finally get to the wedding. And it was great. It was fun. And I had a bunch of cake and booze and whatever. And I walked back and made the train. And I got home at 3 in the morning. But... I like that in a weird way. It's adventure. It's different. It's never the same. It's unpredictable. It's it's exciting. And, it, and the opposite of that is a cubicle. Yeah, and, and the thing I love so much about you and your work ethic is 
you love to work, man. Like, like you know it. what I mean? Like you're not you're not a cunt. You know, there's so <laughs> many cunts in this business. Well, but, I mean, you just sit down all day. The the sad thoughts start coming in. Yeah, I want to get out there. I want to work, and I want to create. I got a big. I'm gonna die one day thing in my head. That, yeah. That's a constant reminder. You're gonna die. So you know, there's people like. Today was a great day. Put my feet up, watched 12 hours of Netflix, ordered in, you know, had a bowl of ice cream, uh, got my feet rubbed or whatever, jerked off. And I'm like, that's brutal. You you created nothing. I mean, I get it. You need breaks and you got to live your life and all that. But like, I don't know, man. I think I think it's better to work. At least something's happening. Your juices are flowing. I think you'll live longer. You know, those people who like they get fired, they just end up dying because they have no no. That's why COVID is fucking us so bad because no one has any drive. No one has any goal. We're just like, oh, I guess we have to stay in and quarantine. But you need a, even if you, even if you're zooming or doing a podcast or learning the piano or jump roping, just do something. Have a goal. Have something to go towards. Yeah, totally, man. I'm curious, you know, since I'm talking too much. No, please, dude. This is what I fucking want you here for, man. Um, you know, Going back to like 2016, probably 2017 when the Me Too thing mm-hmm. happened and the pendulum understandably went from here more so to here. And now it's all the way over here right. with PC identity politics and everyone just wanting to fucking cancel yeah. people, you know? Sure. How have you stayed – because I love your jokes and your you stay true to what what's what's Mark yeah. and your, your brand. And how has that been with like – you know, fucking everyone being a snowflake now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's tough, but I think it's a it's a more of a societal problem because people like to talk about oh, it's comedy, it's comedy, but it's just very strange when uh, you bring it up and people get angry. They're like, oh, here we go, fucking, yeah. Oh, yeah, cancel culture is not real. What are you talking about? You're like, well, I get it. They're like, we're trying to be better. We're trying to be less racist and less sexist and have everyone be equal and all that, and that's all great. In the name of progress, I think they mean well, but I think they get addicted to that feeling of of doing well. Yeah, and it's always the people who have some kind of internal strife going yeah. on, and then they gotta like they gotta fuck you over so they feel better. Hey, we stopped that racist. I feel better. How cool am I? I'm a hero. But you're like that guy's not racist. His wife's black. Yeah, you know, and they go, oh, whatever. You're like, what do you mean, whatever? You gotta go. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I thought you hated racism. I told you his wife's black, and now you're just going whatever. No, you were wrong. But they want to get you so bad, and it makes them feel better. And like I know a guy, ugh, but he he was he got caught saying some racial slurs on a recording. That's an L, dude. No, oh. well that that's a whole another bag yeah. of hammers. But yeah. yeah, this guy, this is not a common, not a famous person. Okay, and he got caught saying the shit at school. It went went all out there, and he dated this black chick, and then he got mad at her and started cursing her out and saying horrible things and they went viral or whatever so he's labeled a racist but he's actually he was gay and he was like dealing with that he didn't want to come out so he just was flipped out on her yeah and that was kind of how he had an outlet with it and whatever and she's like i know he's not a right we dated yeah. we dated for a couple of years like i know he's just gay and he didn't know how to deal with it so he yelled at me and said the worst things he could and you're like that's what it's all about it's all about something in here you know these people who do these fucked up things like that but he's just labeled a racist for the rest of his life because that audio is out there yeah and you know he's not he just was trying to hurt her yeah but that's where we're at and no one can see that nuance shit and yeah. she gets it and she's black yeah so it's this weird thing where everybody just wants to be a hero so bad and we want justice and da 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 but like 
nuance still exists and two things can be true and no one wants to agree on that and then we can't discuss anything or, or you'll get called a racist. You're like, I'm just trying to discuss and have a, a conversation, but everybody wants to be right so bad that they don't want to let you have the conversation so we don't get anywhere. It'd be like if I said, hey, this pipe is leaking. You go, whoa, 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 you got a problem with pipes? <laughs> well, we got to fix the pipe. Oh, somebody hates pipes. I'm like, I just want to fix it. I'll, I'll pipe you, Mark. No. Yeah. <laughs> but like, by that logic, we'll just never, we'll just be like, uh, then everybody goes, all right, I'm, I'm done. Let it leak. Fuck it. And now we just have a leak forever. And so I think discussion is gone and ruined. And uh, with comedy, it's tough because anybody can perceive something their own way. Bill Burr's got that great line where he says, everything I say is now cut with your childhood and your bullshit. And that's how you thought it. You perceived it. But I didn't mean it that way. That's just how you took it. But that's now just gospel. Oh, the way I feel is, uh, is what you meant. And you're like, no, that's not true. But also, we live in a very manicured world now. You go to Tinder, you're like, she's too fat, she's too short, she's yeah. too what, what? Swipe, swipe, swipe. Women go, oh, he's not tall enough. I like brown hair. He's got, uh, he's balding. Fuck him. Every meal is like, I want gluten free, cage fresh, uh, free range, whatever the fuck. So everything we do is chosen. We get everything exactly how we want it. And then somebody hears a comedy set and they go, I didn't order that. <laughs> that wasn't what I wanted. Like that went into my ear. I don't, I don't, I'm a vegetarian. You put a beef in my ear and I can't have that. So I want this guy fired. And then you're like, well, why? It's a very entitled thought of like, okay, you don't like something. So that doesn't mean it should cease to exist. Yeah. It should mean you got to go, all right, this is not for me. I'm out. Yeah. There's a plenty of comedians I think suck, but I don't want them to end. I don't yeah. want them to not be able to have a job. I just go, ah, it's not for me. I move on. Well, it's interesting you say that because I feel like, uh, especially with actors that didn't do like Weinstein type shit, mm-hmm. but get canceled for kind of like, yeah, you know, I get it. Creepy but shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like I've seen – Actors who haven't made it that are the ones that are the most like excited for them to be taken down. Yes. You feel the same way There's about a lot of that. bitter comedians, yeah. you know? I think I would be ruined if I was famous. Like I'm not famous yet, so or I might never be, but Oh dude, you're dude. I'm not I'm you're... not I'm not a household name. I mean I'm nobody. I, I appreciate the, the the whole thing, but I'm I'm nobody and I think if I was, I would be a target. But do you think all right, talk to me honestly about you know I guess self-curating or self, you know, would you ever change to if you did get to that level because you couldn't be your honest, like, joke self? No, and, and I don't know if I want to get to that. I would never want to be a Seinfeld Yeah, that's how level. I feel about acting. I just want to work, you yeah, know? So yeah, same. I want to have my crew of people who go, oh, he's coming to Philly or St. Louis? Let's go. Fill up the room. I'd like to sell out. And, you know, shake hands, take photos, and go home. Yeah. I don't want to be at the Oscars. I don't want to be on TV doing a Everybody Loves Raymond. Like, you, I feel like you just got a target on your back. Like, people are like, all right, how do we get them? How do we get them? Yeah. And this shit has been happening since the dawn of time. Like, this isn't new. You know, canceling, It's it used to be they put you in the stocks, you know, in the yeah. middle of the town. They throw cabbages at you or tomatoes. Stones or, yeah. yeah. The scarlet letter. Yeah. This girl's a whore. Put the A on her. She's got to walk through town. Everybody throwing jizz on her and whatnot. Yeah. It's not new. This is all the same shit. But you'd think we've come so far with technology and socially that it's weird that the people who, like, want to end injustice are the meanest people yeah. tend to be. It's kind of like Cosby. You watch Cosby, he's like, pull your pants up, don't curse, speak English, get your act together, and then he's a fucking rapist. Yeah. You know? It, everybody evens out. I've noticed the people who are the biggest activisty, you know, we got to change the world, they're like, they want to ruin some guy's life <laughs> so yeah. bad. You're like... 
don't you realize that's mean? Where's yeah. the compassion there? And they go, they have they have this weird system where they're like, he did one thing wrong, which gives me carte blanche to be the biggest piece of shit ever and the cruelest person ever. And you're like, he didn't do anything that bad. Like a murderer goes to jail yeah. for 30 years. He gets out. We go, you did your time. You're good to go. Here, here's a job at Walmart. This guy does some weird thing or this lady does some weird thing. And then we just hate him forever. It doesn't make sense. No, it's fucking wrong. We need rules. It is wrong. Yeah. And I think I think the the silent majority agrees with us, but everybody's like too afraid to be honest I'm about not, yeah, that. I'm not getting into that. I got a, yeah. I got a good job with dental. I'm not going to fucking back this guy up. Yeah, I know, man. It's horrible to say that. But I'm curious, you know, let's go back to out lunch out to lunch for a second. Mm. Uh talk to me about the idea of doing it on your own because like I think that's the future of content so too. You know, it's like you can go to Netflix, fucking UGIS, UPorn, yeah. HBO Go, HBO Max, whatever. Yeah. And, you know, even people I know that are like Ridley Scott are are struggling. To Is get that sh- right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's just that dark. You know what I mean? Wow. No one wants to take a bet on anything unless it's right. a sure thing, but nothing's a fucking sure no, thing. No. That's know? kind of the cool thing about this business. That's art. Yeah. You, you go for it. I yeah. Mean, that's what's scary about the, the canceling is like, Okay, great. You, you call me a homophobe because of a gay joke I made. But when you when a comic or an artist or a screenwriter starts going, oh, this is a good uh, – I'm going to get in trouble for that. Yeah, that's Orwellian uh, that's, everything he wrote. That's when we're screwed. Yeah. That's, like what's his name? Phillips? What's the guy who did Joker? Oh, Joaquin Phoenix? No, no, the director. Oh, Todd Phillips? Todd Phillips. Yeah. He did The Hangover. He did Road Trip. He did – Something else. He had three killer comedies out of the gate. No one had heard of this guy. Just boom, out of the gate, directed and wrote these killer comedy. Old yeah. school. That Old was school. It. Yeah. And, and the Gigi Allen documentary, which is fucking nuts. Oh, I've never seen that. That's the, the one where he got his career. You know Gigi Allen, yeah, right? Yeah, He did it at Sundance, Ooh. and that got him oh, really? connected to Ivan Reitman. And then Jason Reitman was a fan and was like, hey, man, you should do like a buddy-buddy comedy. Wow. Like redo – I can't remember what movie it was, but – and that was Road Trip. And oh, Ivan Reitman wow. produced that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it was funny. Yeah, it was great. I had fucking wow. Tom Green back then. Yeah, yeah. I also heard they just passed on a Tom Green special. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> that guy gave the Jackass guys the way to – I know. No, he yeah. changed MTV yeah. pretty much, but that's what I'm saying. So he said, they said, you're going to make another comedy. He made these amazing comedies that made so much money. They made three hangovers, for Christ's sake. And he goes, no, no, I can't. I, I, it's too PC. Yeah. And then he put that tweet went out there, that clip or whatever, and everybody attacked him like, oh, here we go. Oh, it's too, And it's like, that's how he feels. And now you're attacking him. So you're proving his point. Yeah. Like, you're, you're so mean. Well, you they even tried assholes. doing that with Joker. Like, what's it called? Like incels, oh, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. They were trying to cancel it because right, right, it was disrespectful right. to incels. I know, I know, <laughs> and, and I get it. It's it's incels are bad, and we all hate them and all that. But like, let the man work. Yeah, I mean, like that's art. Uh, it's art, and that's what he does. And he thinks you guys are going to yell at him for doing this, and then you ju- he just said that, and then you yelled at him anyway. Yeah. So it's like Jesus Christ. I I, I just don't get why if. If I if a person goes, I feel threatened. You go, hey, we got to respect that. But if a guy goes, I feel threatened by you guys yelling at me. We go, ah, shut up, you pussy. You're a millionaire. Blow me. And you're like, 
Well, how come he can't have a feeling? Yeah. I don't know. I don't get it. It, it seems very lopsided and something's off, and I, I hope it, the fever breaks at some point. Me too, man. So when you were doing Out to Lunch and you kind of realized that you had to do this on your own, was that was that a scary move for oh, you? Oh, yeah. Terrifying. I mean, it yeah. was devastating. Like, Comedy Central was like, we're interested. We're interested. And that was for Comedy Central's YouTube. And you did YouTube. that one where Amy Schumer introduces you for Comedy Central, yeah, right? Yeah, that was 2016, and she produced it, so that's the only reason they did it, because they uh, had her name on it. That's showbiz. It. Again, sure thing. All, you know, they can. They, yeah. they don't have to take a risk. Yeah. Even though nobody watched it anyway. But, uh, I, I, dude, oh, I'm well. my dad and I love it. <laughs> oh, thanks, thanks. I was terrified. I might have been too green for that. but uh, No, dude, you were great, man. Oh, you're very you're nice. Too, you're two in your head, brother. You're I, like me. You got that right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, yeah, I did. Uh, you know, everybody said no. I shot it and I kept, sh- I kept shooting it over and over like at comedy clubs. They, have, they usually have like a rig with uh, oh, a so camera. W- was the final product multiple comedy clubs? No, no, oh. no. But I would go, this is it. Here's a DVD or here's a stick with the hour on it, Netflix. And it just, they kept saying, no, and eh, who are you? Why would we help you out? Yeah. I don't know. Like, it'd be one thing if you were in a wheelchair or trans or whatever, but I'm like, eh, I'm nobody. And I get that, you know, that's fine. So they kept saying no. So I kept, let me, let me run it for another six months. Maybe yeah. I'll tweak it and get it better, get it tighter, add new jokes. Six months, a year, two year, three year. Now I'm doing the same set for four years. I'm going back to Cleveland. They go, hey, we like you, but we saw the set. Two years ago, and I'm like, ah, you're right. I gotta put this thing down. I gotta, you know, film it. So nobody would do it. Finally, I said, hey, Comedy Central YouTube, that's where I'm at. It pays like, you know, a couple grand. Will you buy this and put on your YouTube channel if I shoot it? And they're like, okay, if you shoot it, we'll do it. And I go, great. Shot it, gave it to them, and they go, ah, we don't like it. What? And I was like, ah, and it was such a devastating phone call with my yeah. agent she was like yeah they're not they're not going for it i'm sorry they i thought they were they said they would but we didn't sign anything i was like oh my god so i'm like fuck it let's just put it on youtube and so i learned how to like build up a youtube i had to call the youtube guy we had all these conversations yeah. He's like this is how you do it you got to have a premiere get a trailer going you know get, get a countdown and this and that so i went out to Times square shot a trailer uh, I cut this whole thing together. Oh, I, that was like the one you shot, you know, like right as COVID started. Yeah, on yeah, the hog in the Times hog. Square. Oh, yeah. I love that. That and was that, great. That was fun. That was at 6 a.m. just it's to make sure like, nobody was out there. You don't ever get that kind of New York. And, exactly. I mean, yeah, Vanilla Sky style. You exactly, know? Yeah. yeah. So uh, just put everything I had into it, money, time, ideas, sat down with it, and then it came out, and it Rogan tweeted it, Bill Burr tweeted it, Kreischer, Gaffigan, Judd Apatow, all these people, Schumer, all these people pushed it. And it now it's over three million. Yeah, so we're cooking. That's amazing, man. And I'm so proud of you for doing that. Oh, you know, thanks. because it's just I know what it's like to take a fucking bet on yourself and, <laughs> and hope that yeah. it all works out. I know, and especially guys like us, where yeah. I, we don't bet on ourselves. Hell no. Uh, you know, yeah. I got my therapist telling me, you know, be better about yeah. yourself. <laughs> you, you don't pick what you fall in love with. Yeah, you know? and I, I didn't fall in love with me. So then, talk to me about you know, you put the set out, and then COVID happens, but you still want to do comedy, and yeah. then. How do you kind of start introducing new jokes? I know at first when things were okay in Texas, you were weren't you doing some things down yeah, there? Yeah, totally. Yeah, basically, I put the special out in. I shot it in late January, so then I realized, okay, this is going to come out in May or whatever because yeah. it takes time to edit and all that. 
So it's going to come out in May. So I got like two, three months to just really build an act. Yeah. This, when this comes out, I can't do any of this material because yeah. then people will come see me and go, oh, we saw this on Out to Lunch. <laughs> so fuck this guy. The trigger word is like my all time favorite job. Oh, thanks. Thanks. I remember running that by comics. They were like, eh, I don't know. It's a pun. I'm like, yeah, but it's, oh, and it's they, fun. They keep it, leave it, abortion joke. Oh, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Dude. So, so yeah, I just built up like 20, 25 minutes in like two, three, two and a half months. And uh, just trial by fire. Just going out, just trying this, trying that. That works. Keep it. Okay, that's out. That's in. You know, just build, 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 build. A second here, two seconds there, whatever. So I built like 25 minutes, and now I have about 45 because just I've been still doing the road a little bit, outdoor shows, yeah. rooftops, whatever it is. So I built about 45, so I can headline now. So now I'm headlining with a new, a whole new 45 in 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 states that are allowing. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Basically, yeah. I'm excited about Connecticut. Will that will that be 45? That'll be all new. Oh, new to you. I can't wait. Yeah. So that's that's what it's all about. Just keep going. Keep going. That, that's why it also hurts so much when you see this hack nobody get a special because you're just like, damn. The, the things I'm doing, like I don't think that person is sitting there going. Uh, this tag isn't working. I gotta, I gotta tweak that and maybe change that joke because it's not getting the laugh I want. The ending isn't hitting that big, so I gotta fix it for the end to hit bigger because that's the big crescendo. Whatever it is, and I know they're not worried about that. I know yeah. they're not writing. I know they're not thinking about it. But that's the shit that stings. Where you're like, God damn! I, if they knew how much I slaved over this, but that's why the views feel so good. Yeah, fuck yeah, man. And then I'm curious, did did you get any retroactive phone calls? Being- I did. I did. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, God. I'm the same guy, yeah. you fucking twats. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, COVID. Yeah. So we're waiting. We're waiting. So talk to me about, like, at least the New York comedy scene. Do you think, you know, I don't want to get bleak, but do you think, you know, The Cellar and Caroline's and Gotham will be something? Well, there's 11 clubs in New York, and I'm sure three will close. For good. I think, yeah, because it's, it's such a big real estate uh, Yeah, I heard patch. about that from Gotham. I have a friend who's one of the owners. Oh, and, no. Yeah. What happened? Just it's The economics aren't sustainable yeah. for the rent that they have to uh, pay. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope the seller's locked into like some sweet lease because yeah. they've been there for so long. Right. But uh. all those motherfuckers that you know have landlords that are like, yeah, your rent's 35 a grand a month, and we're not accepting the, oh, I don't have the money, don't right, pay. Right. Except there's a fucking Victoria's Secret down the street. Yeah. Their rent's $900,000 a month, uh. and they haven't paid at all, and they're going to uh. get away with it. Is that right? Yeah, it's boarded up. Damn. Fucking corporations, man. Corporations, that's the key. Yeah, comedy clubs, they're not essential, I guess. But, man, Gotham's one of the greats. Yeah, it's one of my favorites, man. Talk Uh. to me, though, you know... You've had such amazing success and, and, and coming from someone, you know, being a fan of Jerry Seinfeld to opening for him. Oh, it's unreal, man. What, what does that feel like? Well, uh, I used to watch this movie, Comedian. I don't know if it's on Netflix yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, It's a documentary about Seinfeld trying to get back into stage work after doing the TV show. And he meets Cosby for the first time. And that's like his idol. You know, back before everything. The pill Cosby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good Cosby. Yeah. Sweater Cosby. Kodak. Pudding Pop. And uh, he has this moment in a car where he's driving there. He's like, I can't believe life is so long that I used to sit in the 60s in Long Island listening to his records. Yeah. And now I'm going to meet the guy. I can't believe life is that long that all those things can happen to get me here. And I feel the same way. I can't believe I went from sitting on my floor in the living room in New Orleans at my parents' house watching – uh, yada, 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 and, uh, you know, uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, and man hands and all that shit, soup Nazi, and then going to all this 
fucking Brooklyn mugged. Bed bugs, landlord dying of AIDS, meeting Schumer, uh, being broke, doing this, doing that, all the way, kept going, kept going, to meeting him. It's insane. Yeah. The whole thing's insane. And I think he saw me on The Tonight Show because— Oh, he, that was—because you have to do a cleaner one on yes. that. Yes. He's a clean guy. He's a clean towards, guy. Yeah. And I'm wearing a suit. I'm so, doing The Tonight Show. And I think he's, he's like, oh, I like this guy. And then I knew Amy. He knows Amy. He said, oh, what's up with this guy? She goes, oh, I know him. You know, you told him for me. He's like, uh oh. So then I bumped into him. And it all just clicked. I mean, it was just so many nights of just grinding it out. And then one night just worked. And he said, let's go hang out. We chatted for like an hour and a you half. You went to I'm... that sweet spot under the bridge on Hills. Yeah. yeah, I, know yeah. I used to live at 43rd and 11th. So, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that spot well. Yeah, I'm just shitting myself the whole time, just trying to keep it together. And uh, we exchanged numbers. And then, I don't know, a couple of months later, he's like, you want to open for me? You did the Beacon shows. Did the Beacon. Four yeah. shows. Yeah. One weekend. It was unreal. Yeah. That's amazing. I love your story about the fucking, the clock not being uh, there. Oh, yeah. I and fucked then having it up. to go out yeah. and double back. I put that on YouTube. It got 50,000 hits in a day, and I took it off because I was like, if he hears this, I'm going to feel horrible. Oh, shit. So I, I made it private, but maybe I'll make it. When he dies, I'll, I'll make it back. <laughs> I'll put it back up. So I'm curious, man. When, when you're doing something like that, and you know his demographic is, like I, you said on a Maybe it was like the same Norton show that you got heckled by some fucking Long Island douchebag, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, fuck that guy. I know. Whoever you are, I'm going to find you. At the beacon. I made it to the top of the mountain, and I still get heckled by some fucking mook. Yeah. So then do you have to kind of change your material to fit into this Seinfeld? Totally. Es- yeah. Because you want to go, hey, you fucking asshole, <laughs> yeah. shut the fuck up. Well, you know, you piece of shit. What are you doing? Who, how'd you get in here? But you got to go, hey, you crazy jerk, you know, because you got to be clean. Yeah. So it kind of had you handicapped a little bit, but, you know, I still zinged him. Yeah. So I'm curious, you know, this podcast kind of aims to inspire artists for, you know, the comedians that are, that are wanting to do this one day, what what advice would you have for them? Because it's like the world that you and I existed in 2008, it was like right before capitalism destroyed New York City. Sure. And now maybe, I don't know if it's going to go back down and be affordable again, but who fucking knows? Right. Like, what advice would you have for, you know, those kind of Mark Normans out there that are, you know, wide-eyed, dropped out of college and are trying to figure it out? Yeah, it's tough. I mean, uh... COVID changes everything, but I lived here in, I moved here in 07 and the whole crash happened in 08 and I just kept going. I mean, I think if, if you really want it, you keep going. I did one of these, uh, Gotham RIP. I hope not. Yeah. Had a, like a, they do this thing for young comics who are starting out where they sit and talk to a headliner and ask them questions. And, uh, so I did one and it was all these nice young people, you know, some guys are in suits, some nice young ladies, whatever. And they're like, I want to do comedy, but I got a dog and, you know, I got a full time job. So I get home and I'm wiped and then you got to do sets at night. I just how do you get an agent? And I'm like, oh, you're out. You're already out. Yeah. You don't want it. You don't want it that bad. You know, if if you were like, oh, I want to get laid, but I got to like take a girl out to dinner. I'm like, then you don't really want to get laid. You're yeah. not that horny. So <laughs> it's the same thing with comedy. I yeah. feel like you, you got to want it. And if you don't want it, just move on. Like, yeah. do it as a hobby or whatever. But it's. It's going to ruin your life, and it's not – it's going to ruin – you're going to take stage time from other comics. But do it as a hobby, and don't call yourself a comic. But if you really want it, just figure it out. I mean, look with the, the, the out to lunch. I want it. So I shot it myself and spent thousands of dollars and booked a theater and knocked it out and paid an editor and all this shit. You got to want it, and 
This is the new version of wanting it from yeah. guys at my level. Just putting it on YouTube, building content, building a following, having a mailing list, all that shit. Because no one else, the, the networks aren't throwing me a bone. So you got to do that at your level. Go yeah. to every open mic. Uh, start your own show. Uh, do a rooftop. Figure it out. Email people. Book stuff. Book bigger guys. Tell your friends. Get the word out. You know, the whole thing. So you got to want it, and you got to work. Yeah. It's a lot of work. Everybody goes, hey, pff, you do an hour a night? Boy, that's a nice job. Then you get a fat paycheck. I'm like, yeah, yeah, but I also gave up my 20s. Yeah. And 10 years and failed and cried and, uh, you know, humiliated myself. Yeah. So there's Same that, here. too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so tell me, man, you know, do you remember the day when you finally were like, I don't have to work a survival job anymore? Yeah, yeah, I do. It was it was very exciting. That felt quitting my day job felt better than anything else because it was like it was real. Like, oh, you do yeah. Carnegie Hall, that's fucking awesome, but it's it's just a blip. But the quitting the day job, like, well, this is a milestone. Yeah, you know. And that's the other thing I, I want to tell young comics or artists or whoever: realize you suck. There's a lot of big egos out there that'll never get anywhere because they go, "I'm great. Why yeah. would I work at it? Why would I try too hard? Why would I write? I'm great." But you're not. And you knowing you're not great is better than being great because it'll make you keep going. I mean, look at a guy like David Tell. He's like the funniest guy on the planet. He's like a comedic genius, savant, joke writer. Yeah. He thinks he sucks. Yeah. And he's like, ah, I'm a hack. I suck. I can't write a joke. I'm like, you've got the best jokes on the planet. Yeah, But that's why he has the best jokes on the planet. So people need to realize, like, God, that joke is not working. I see comics go up over and over doing the same act to silence. I'm like... What do you think is going to happen? You think one day it's just going to click and yeah. they're going to love it? It's the same words in the same order and the same timing. Change it up. Totally. Mix it up. Try something new. Fail. You know, they're just like, I know these words by heart, so I'm going to say them. I think them. that's exactly it. As, as an actor, you know, man, for me, it's always been about failure. You know, going in those auditions and just being like, well, that fucking sucked yeah. dick for a lifetime of coke, but yeah, yeah. at least I'm doing it, you exactly, know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's the key is like... You know, those. we all know that guy who's a four, but he's like, oh, you know, I'm probably like an eight, 8.5. You know, he's looking in the mirror. You're like, oh, you're hideous. God. You're yeah. a ghoul. <laughs> you're gross. You're a gargoyle. Yeah. But we, we kind of preach like confidence. Fake it till you make it. It's all about, you know, uh, believe it in yourself. No, no, no. Don't believe. Yeah. Believe that you suck and you'll have to work harder to get there. Yeah. I think always work harder is the key. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Because nobody... Everyone wants it now because everyone thinks because they put a YouTube channel right. up or whatever, they can go fucking viral without any of the legwork that right. either you or – I mean, you've done much more than me, but – Well, and it's it, happened. You yeah. know, you have the YouTube guys who have just had some spark and made it, but I even see them. They sell out a comedy club on a Tuesday, you know, which is great because it keeps the comedy clubs open, but – they go on stage and bomb, and then they take a bunch of photos with people, and then they leave. And I'm like, can that last? Yeah. Can that sustain? In 10 years, are you still going to be doing this shit? Yeah. I don't know. But I just think it's like winning the lottery being one of these people. So if you, you whatever you have control of, do that. You know, you don't really have control of, am I going to go viral? We've yeah. all tried to go viral. You can never predict what's going to go viral. Totally. Which, which is kind of cool about it. But you got to just... Try and work and work and fail and try it again and keep going. I mean, we got one life. You're on life. The, the, that's the other thing is that we're all looking for that golden nugget at the end of the rainbow. But the journey is the really the, the cool part. Yeah. You know, because once you get to the nugget, you go, now what? Yeah. I got to the nugget. 
Then you start doing heroin because you need that fix. But the journey is the cool part. Like last night, I was face face with a deer with huge antlers and a forest. Oh, that going, was last night. That was last night. No shit. Yeah, I came back on the LIRR. I got yeah. home at one and you know three in the morning, and I'm like, that was fucking wild. Yeah, what a night. I came home. I tell my girlfriend. She's like, whoa, this is crazy. Holy shit. I saw a fist fight at the bar, and I was like, this is what it's all about. That's yeah. why Tuesdays the podcast is so fun. Because it's like this audio journal of everything we've done. I'll, I'll pop back in at 2015. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that night at that bar where I, I bombed and the, the, late, the guy took a swing at me and I ducked and kicked him in the balls. I forgot all about that. That's, that's the fun part is the journey. Yeah. So. That, that's amazing, man. Well, tell me, what, what's up? You know, I mean, I know I'm coming to see you Sunday, but what, what, what's coming up for Mark Norman? Oh, well, uh, new material, new videos. Uh, I, I'm telling you, I'm getting hit up by all these young people who, who are ambitious. There's still, still some people with some drive out there, and they're you, you know, hit me up about this and yeah. these guys. Thanks for coming, man. Yeah, it means sure, the world. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I, I'm putting tons of videos out, and uh, I'm, I'm pitching some shows. One might sell. Feeling pretty good about it. Yeah, be nice to just get some money. I just yeah. bought a car. I bought an antique car. Yeah, I heard that. So I'm gonna. Are put, you gonna get another hog? Or are you gonna let that go? I'm gonna suck up and fucking walk my ass down to that impound and hopefully uh, it's there. fucking Chelsea Piers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Been God. there many times, and if it ain't there, it's I just gonna got hurt. hit with a six hundred dollar fee for oh! for a fucking Revel that got towed. Oh come uh, on! I know. I'm never using the service again. No, so fuck, fuck you, em. Revel. Fuck them. Yeah. Yeah, get your own hog. Yeah, I need. What? How much does that cost? I, I spent like twelve hundred bucks on it. What? Craigslist. Ugh, I'm gonna have to get that hog. It changed my Do life. You need a class M for that, or nah? No? You gotta yeah. get a, a plate. Ah, but that's like thirty bucks. Well, dude, Mark Norman, man, you are the future of comedy. Oh boy, I have so much belief in you, man, and it means so much from the bottom of my heart that you came on to give back, and and I'd love to do it again soon. Sure, when this shit's me. not you know crazy, and uh, dude, I fucking love you. Oh, come Mark on. Norman, what's your Instagram handle? Uh, Mark Norman, and Twitter is at Mark Norm and MarkNormanComedy.com. And Tuesdays with stories with him and Joe List. Yes, good yeah. save. All right, Mark Norman. Thank you so much for being here. I love you, brother. Thanks for having me. Thanks for the gifts. Yeah. Praise Allah. Allah. Let's go. <laughs> if you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.